0: In this week's Torah portion, after the Torah teaches the mitzvahs of Bikurim, where the first fruits are handed over to the Koyan and Vidui Maisras, the declaration of the final tithing, at the very last opportunity to bring Maiser, the Posuk, Posuk Tezayin and chavvav, tells us, Hayoyim Hashem Lakehamitsavka Lases Hukim Hoelah Besamishpotum. This day Hashem commands you to fulfill these statutes and laws Ushmartav Asisa Aisam, Bahalovka v'chol Nafsha. Observe them faithfully with all your heart and soul. And Rashi explains the words Ushmartam Vasisam Aesam Ushmartav Asisa Aisam saying, this isn't a command, it's a blessing. A heavenly voice calls out, saying, you have brought the first fruits today, may you merit to do so again next year. Now, while the words, sound like words of command, and many commentaries explain these words as a command. Rashi explains these words as words of blessing, as do certain commentaries. Because this verse follows the verses that speak in praise of the Jewish nation, for indeed doing as Hashem decreed upon us, Asinu and the verse is followed by verses that speak in praise of the nation, like the very next Posuk which says Es Hashem ha you've exclusively selected God to be your God, to which Rashi says, Vemircha and Hashem has selected you. So it seems that explaining Vishamartava Asisa as a command would be very out of context. Thus Rashi explains these words to be a blessing. For their fulfillment of the mitzvah of bringing the first fruits, the Bikurim. The term tishne and you will merit to repeat this, the bringing of Bikurim next year, is interesting to note as it reflects on the words of praise in the verse following. Because he-emarta you exclusively chose God, then Vehemircha, God chose you, measure for measure. Turning all of these events into an experience of Mida Keneged Mida, measure for measure. Because you brought Bikurim today, you will merit to repeat this action next year. Why, though, is Rashi's reference on these words in the Pasuk specifically, though, to the mitzvah of Bikurim? The mitzvah that precedes these words in Rashi's explanation is the mitzvah and the laws of miser, of tithing. Before the laws of tithing, the Torah talks about Bikurim, but tithing is what really precedes this Pasuk Maze. Of course, a latter verse in a parsha can refer to an earlier idea, but it would be unusual for it to reference an earlier mitzvah and skip or overlook one that followed or that immediately preceded this. Perhaps Rashi is just mentioning the merit of repeating Bikurim the next year in a symbolic way, using Bikurim to mean everything that precedes this bracha that comes in the pasuk Hayom hazeh. But explaining it this way would be problematic in that the words tishnah l'shana don't make sense in terms of mysras of tithes, because the cycle of the different tithes are over a three-year period, hence Rashi's determination that this is a discussion on Bikurim and a blessing for Bikurim. And finally, and perhaps most essentially, the very seemingly obvious but unasked question, how does a heavenly voice come into this blessing? And how is this what Rashi understands from Shutte Shal Mikra from the literal words of the Pasuk? Throughout the entire taira, reward or blessing is addressed in regards to a mitzvah, even promise of a particular reward for a particular mitzvah or mitzvah, like in our parsha, the words Bahavaya, Hamircha, Hashem will exclusively choose you because you exclusively chose him and is followed in chapter 28 in Posuk Aleph, by the elaboration of this, if you obey Hashem, all the brachas mentioned will be fulfilled. But on these words, Rashi teaches a novel idea and says, there is no equivalent expression in the scriptures, and Rashi explains it to mean that that when a first person fulfills the Bikurim, a Baskol blesses him that he will merit to repeat this in the year to come. Again, how do we suddenly find ourselves in an idea in Rashi that talks Tafka about a Baskol? To understand this, we go back to the discussion about Meiser. meises Meiser is declared in the third year at the very last opportunity to give maistress. Were we to learn that this blessing of Ushmartava means that Abbaskal says, may you repeat this in the year to come, it would be akin to blessing someone to be late again with their Trumas and maistress next time too, just like this time. Which isn't a blessing, it's the opposite of a blessing. Furthermore, the pasuk that Rashi is explaining, our posuk, and the words of that Rashi explains with a basko that says, and, and Rashi explains it to me, you shall guard and do these things. The pasuk says, you should guard and do these things with all your heart and with all your soul. When somebody does something full-heartedly, he doesn't delay it to the very last opportunity or the final point in the third year. And so Rashi explains that this is a blessing specific to Bikurim. Next year, may you merit to do the same with all your heart and soul. What still remains unclear is how this pasuk and the words of Shmartava Asisa can have no connection to the discussion of Maestress at all and is connected, as Rashi says, only to Bikurim. We must conclude in answer to this question that though indeed the portion just before our verse, this day Hashem commands you to do all these laws and statutes and to guard them and to do them with all your heart and all your soul. And Rashi says, Hashem blesses you to merit To repeat this, a year hence follows the commandment of Vidu'i Maisras, the conclusion of that mitzvah, as we come to the final words closest to the pasuk of hayim Haze, has a very specific connection to Bikurim. And it's in connection to that point that Rashi says, this is a bracha for Bikurim. What is that point? The portion on Meiser concludes with the words that the Jew declares, Look down from your holy abode, from the heavens, bless your nation Israel, and the land which you gave us as you promised our fathers, a land that flows with milk and honey. It's a beautiful description of Eretz Yisrael, milk that drips from full goats, honey that d- drips from the dates of Eretz Yisrael. But this very specific description, in fact, digresses from the mitzvah of miser, because one doesn't bring miser from goat's milk and certainly not from dates. Miser is brought from grain, from wine, and from oil. Additionally, and even more specific, is the fact that meiser is relevant to all grains. There's a very clear connection between Bikurim and honey, Udvash, because the bringing of Bikurim applies to the honey of dates. And indeed, the very description, Eretz Zovas Cholov Udvash, underlined the reason we bring Bikurim, to show gratitude for this beautiful land as we say, when we bring the Bikurim, Hashem brought us to this place, gave us this land, a land that flows with milk and honey, and now behold, I am bringing you the first fruits of the ground which you have given me. So even though what follows Bikurim in the Torah is Maiser, the final words of what we declare are, and these words are specific to Bikurim. Hence, Hayim Hazeh reflects the Bikurim, but there's still something unclear here. The mitzvah of Bikurim emphasizes the idea of Mida Keneged Mida, measure for measure, as in because you, Hashem, took us out of Mitzrayim from enslavement and hard work to the precise opposite reality, our own beautiful land and one that flows with milk and honey. In an act of Mida Keneged Mida, we dedicate the first and the best the first of our fruits, and of these fruits, the choicest dates. And Hashem responds to us in this same manner, as well as the Posuk says, es havaya hamarta You chose God exclusively today, and so Hashem chooses us exclusively. But if this is the situation, we bring Bikurim to Hashem in gratitude, in Eretz Yisrael, to Hashem who brought us to this special land from exile, and then at a declaration, a loud declaration of gratitude, where is the midah Keneged midah of Hashem's declaration in response to our declaration? But how could there even be such a declaration? Our experience with hearing Hashem's voice at Sinai was that when we heard Hashem's voice, our souls departed our body and we asked for Meisha, who can hear Hashem's voice and absorb it to speak. A Navi like Maisha can handle this. And this is why when Rashi looks for the mita, mita, which must be there, because it's the very theme and evokes the entirety of this mitzvah Bikurim, Rashi tells us, how did we receive this declaration? Through a baskol. Because a baskol isn't Mamash, the voice of Hashem. It's a voice that every soul and everybody can hear. And the soul remains intact, so that is actually the literal explanation of the pasuk. Now, one of the awesome ideas that we discussed just now is Rashi's explanation that the words eretz zavas halovadvash tells us that the bracha of vashamarto vasisa is about bikurim, and this idea is much like an explanation of the Alter on this pasuk the Altareb explains in the Torah that the Pasuk Hayem Hazeh is connected to the preceding words Eretz Zavas Halovadvash in the letter formation created by the first letter of the last words of that verse and the first letters of the first words of the verse Hayem Hazeh. The last word of the Pasuk, which we conclude with, is Udvash, and the first words Hayoyim hazeh Havaya, in other words, represented by a Yud, of the very next pasuk, our pasuk under discussion, create the letter formation of the letters of Hashem's name, Avov, Udvash, Hayoyim, He, Haze, hey and Havaya, Yud, for Hashem's name. Hence, a deep connection between the two and the Midah Kineged Midah inherent in the verses. And as we understood that these words in Pshat, Eret Vash, connect with the words in Hayayim Hazeposok, Hayayim Hazeh. And this connection is about Bikurim, because these words have a primary connection to the word Vash, the date honey from which Bikurim are brought, but and not milk, so specific to the word Vash. The Hasidic explanation, similarly, draws on the word udvash, because udvash, while it draws all the previous words with this with it, this vav begins the vav hey hey and yud in the two verses together. There's another beautiful idea that the al Rebbe teaches in the kutetera on this pasuk hazeh, and that is that these words hayoym hazeh have a specific association to Rosh Hashanah, which, like Bikurim, which are the first fruits, Rosh Hashanah is the first, it's the beginning. Even beyond that, one of the differences between Truma, which is also the first of produce, and Bikurim, the first fruits, is that Bikurim come first. Tzemach Tzedek explains that the Rashis, the firsts in Truma, represent Teira, but the Rachis of Bikurim represent the Jew. And just as the Jew preceded Torah, Bikurim precede Truma. And the idea of Bikurim is in fact a discussion of the very essence of a neshama, where it's one with the essence of Hashem, where, the experience of a Jewish soul preceded every other reality, even Torah. So, the connection between Bikurim and Rosh Hashanah can be understood via the service of Rosh Hashanah, which is a transcendent Aved of Kabbalah soul of the essential soul, hence the rachis, the essence of the soul. Also, of course, Rosh Hashanah reveals the idea of Atah Mikolha Mikol Ha'amim. You, Hashem, chose us of all the nations. As we say in Rosh Hashanah Davning, Yivchar Lanu Choose us as your inheritance. This choice that Hashem makes is in the essence of our souls, the Bikurim of our souls. There's nothing that Hashem is basing this choice on. No reason, no factor, just the essential Jewish soul. In other words, real choice means nothing is influencing the choice in a certain direction. So choice has to be possible from a place where all souls are equal. And Yaakov and Esav are brothers, are equals. Yet Hashem makes the choice of Yaakov. Accordingly, we can also understand Rashi's emphasis on his first explanation in the Posuk, on the words, hazeh Hashem mitzavcha, that every day you should regard the mitzvahs chadoshim, brand new, value them as newly commanded each day, even days when you're busy with other mitzvahs, not Bikurim. Consider the mitzvah of Bikurim as you received it that day. But why would that be? Now that we have the explanation of the Tzemach tzedek, we can understand Rashi's explanation. In everything a Jew undertakes, every mitzvah he performs, there must be the sense of Bital and Kabbalah all that is the experience of the essential soul, as is known regarding the Kabbalah soul of Rosh Hashanah, that it's dr- drawn into every day of the year and into everything a Jew does with a feeling of highest and hischachis, like the bringing of Bikurim, an experience of bittel of essential soul. As the Tzemach tzedek explains the Tanchoma that teaches that the prayers, were established in place of Bikurim. As tfilah connects the soul below to its root and source, so a preparation for Torah is tefillah, prayer, so that Torah learning is as it should be. One more thought on Rashi's explanation is understood according to this explanation, Chassidus. Rashi says that the blessing, the bracha received receive for Bikurim, is a promise, Tishnah. You will merit to repeat, repeat this next year. But something that's dependent on a person's actions or choice can't be a promise. How can Hashem promise? How can Rashi say this bracha is a promise that we will again merit to do this next year? Don't we have a choice? We're meant to make choices. The only thing that Hashem doesn't choose for us is Yerushalayim. So how can Rashi say that Abbaschol blesses, that Tishnah, you will do this in the year to come? But according to what we now understand, that this is an experience of the essence of the soul, The soul's absolute core and truth, the bracha and promise, speaks to the experience of essential soul, where not only does it not remove and contradict free choice, it's a short choice of life for the soul. Even on a literal level, we understand that since Bikurim are to show our gratitude, to indicate that we're not ungrateful, and it's just not in our nature to be ungrateful, it's a sure thing that once again in the next year, a Jew will bring his Bikurim. As we mentioned earlier, the bitul of the soul has to also affect the various experiences of the individual, the daily reality of life. Bikurim are physical fruits, the sweetest and the choicest fruits. And the Koyhanim eat these fruits. They aren't burned like carbonus. The Koyhanim eat them in shared joy with their families. So the Bikurim of the essential soul are eaten, consumed, hence connecting to the very physical reality of Dam Uvsari Kivsari and eaten in joy. And once Hashem repays the reward of a mitzvah, measure for measure, mida k'neged mida. The reward is indeed a promise that in the year to come you will repeat this. Sweet fruits will once again grow, and enjoy with all Hashem has given to you. You will bring bikurim. This is relevant to the service of Rosh Hashanah too, which, as we said, this rachis is like the rachis of Rosh Hashanah. A Jew awakens within himself over Rosh Hashanah, the Bitul and kabbalah's all, that comes from the core of his soul, and then Hashem gives him a k'siva teiva ulushana musuka, in his spiritual needs and in his physical needs to him and to his family, in every area that he needs, chayim in children, in health, and in livelihood, in abundance.